Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big podcast. This is your friend Big Kurt here, flying solo for right now, just to introduce the newest episode of the Eyes on Big podcast, a special one as we welcome Justin Swanson from the Husker Football Fan Podcast, a great source for all things Nebraska Cornhuskers football. You can find them on the web at huskerpod.com or on Twitter at huskerpod. I hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon. Well, we are lucky to be joined uh, on the Eyes on Big podcast right now with Justin Swanson with the Husker Football Fan Podcast. We're hoping to interview and get to know more and more team-specific podcasts as we move through the offseason. So why wouldn't we start with one of the, if not the most frenetic fan bases in mm. all of the Big Ten with Nebraska? So, Justin, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Really excited uh, to talk to you guys, to talk to college football fans. Uh, it's fun to get out of the Husker bubble every once in a while. <laughs> um, before we get into all that wonderful bubbleness, um, mm -hmm. first of all, tell us why you're a Nebraska fan. You know, I'm, I'm sure you grew up in Nebraska, but, um, you know, just kind of give us a background of who you are and, you uh, you know, how you've designed the podcast to kind of fit into your Husker fandom. Sure. Well, I, I was born into it. Um, my, my dad, my folks went to, to school at, in Lincoln, and they've had season tickets, I think, since the 80s. And so I, I came of age as a Husker fan in the 90s, um, which was a really ridiculous time to come of age in retrospect, um, kind of like a generational moment. And I remember in the mid nineties when we just never lost, um, my dad saying, you know, we really need to appreciate this because these are the glory years. It's not always gonna be like that. I'm like, whatever, it's always gonna be like this. <laughs> um, so so um, my, I grew up sitting next to my grandpa and uh, with my aunt and uncle on one side of the stadium and my folks were on the other and every home game was kind of a little family gathering and we'd come across, I grew up in Omaha, come down to Lincoln, meet up with the rest of the family. And so, uh, yeah, Husker football is just a, a part of of my DNA, like it is for so many Husker fans. And um, uh, so started the podcast, uh, gosh, well, it, it ended up being, it was Riley's first season was the year we started, uh, an inauspicious time to start. And um, my a buddy from who I'd been good friends with going back to junior high, we went to games together in high school and college and after college and always had an ongoing dialogue and one time just one day, one day he texts, he's like, this might be a crazy idea, but I think we could, we should do a podcast. And this was, yeah, so this was probably like six years ago then. And there was not a massive podcast scene. There were, there's kind of like that first generation of podcasts back in, I don't even know when, 2010s, early. And this, sure. this was kind of after that wave and, and he saw a need or a, an opportunity. And so we, we talked about it for, for, we talked about it for like a year. And we did a, a spring uh, spring football recap, just and then we just shared it with friends. We didn't even post it, and then launched that fall. Um, the first game was uh, Hail Mary loss against BYU, and um, we, a lot of ominous starts here. Yeah, and we've uh, we've done five seasons now, and uh, covered a lot more losses than than wins. So. Uh, we're ready, ready for the future to be now, um, but uh, yeah. Justin, I feel your pain as an Illini fan. Okay, 
Well, it's I I gotta say it like kind of hurts me to have to like identify with an Illini fan. I that sounds uh, really that sounds really. You had to say that. Well, didn't it sounds you? really arrogant, and I and I feel bad saying it, but. Yeah, I was just thinking the other day the expectations that Ohio State fans have for their team now, like that's what I grew up with. It's like, oh, sure. you're not you're not playing for a national championship. Well, this season is a lost season. What a waste. You know, we fired Solich after going nine and nine and three. One of the sports writers here in in Nebraska calls that the original sin of Husker football. And um it's been a whirlwind ever since. So uh so yeah, the so, I guess we, Go ahead, Justin. Oh, Finish. I was just gonna say. So with the podcast, we just uh, in season we try to react to the game and react to what's uh, what we saw, what what we like, what we didn't like. Try to get a little bit of a preview for what's coming up next game. And um, in the summertime, we like to talk to beat reporters who are covering our upcoming opponents to try to get a better sense of what's coming down the pike. And then um, there's so much Huskers media right now, or there's been for such a long time, that we've just made the conscious decision that we don't want to do something that someone else is getting paid to do. Um, so so we'll take breaks here and there, and we want to talk when we have something to talk about. So a couple things. Um, your origin story of your, your Husker fandom is very similar to mine as an Illini fan, you know, minus the winning part. Sure. Uh, but also... The your origin story of the podcast is very much like the Eyes on Big origin story. Oh, cool! Like, uh, Greek and I used to just talk college football, and at the end of our conversations, we'd say, "Hey, this is a podcast." Yeah. So yeah. we we talked about it for about a year before we started it. Cool. Um. So, kind of drawing on a little bit what you just went over. Um. Something I've learned, or I've got a better understanding since we joined, or started the podcast, is uh. Going back a little ways, so we're going back about 10 years here, um, there was a co-worker of, of mine, uh, not no longer a co-worker of mine, but actually still a really good friend of mine named Russ. Uh, he's a Nebraska fan. I'm an Iowa fan. And I'd been reading through the tea leaves, and I started to get the feeling that Nebraska was going to join the Big Ten. And he just he wouldn't believe me. He, mm. I think he told me to shut up approximately 50 times you know and then it and then it happened so go back you know in, in time 10 years yeah because one thing i've appreciated is how tough that would be for any fan base where you are essentially ripped from what you used to be what you've always known you yeah. know and then ripped from those rivals oklahoma you know colorado kansas state Texas, obviously, which is a, obviously a big genesis of, of the yeah. change. Yep. Go back to that and then, you know, maybe even touch on your your upbringing of potentially maybe being anti-Big Ten back in sure. the day. Sure. Well, that's – yeah, that's a, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, let's, do, let's unpack it, yeah, baby. It, let's unpack you it. You might have to prompt me as we go here. I I have an extremely vivid memory. So I was in grad school when – they made the announcement that we were going to transition. I was so I was, my wife and I were assistant managers at a pool here in Lincoln, and you, you play the radio over the loudspeakers. I put on that press conference, and I remember <laughs> uh, Harvey Perlman and Tom Osborne talking about, "Hey, this is what we're doing." And Tom Osborne kind of like making the argument, like a lawyer. Harvey, of course, is an attorney, uh, making the argument for what led to this point and why we're doing it. It was just. It was such a such a moment in history, and it. I think that in retrospect, you know, we've got we've had time to think about all these things. I think Huskers, Husker fans, 
we're prepared a little bit for the transition because of the Big 8 to Big 12 transition, um, which, as you alluded to, really, I think, sets the stage for eventually leaving the conference. Because of Uh, Texas, obviously. Because of Texas. And so much, even now, you read people being more frank every day about what went into that. And, um, and part of it too, I think that Oklahoma definitely is the rival of, of Nebraska history. Um, but I mean, in my lifetime, when I'm talking about coming of age as a Husker fan, they're terrible. Um, to this day, my dad will not root for, you know, Oklahoma over anybody. Um, he still has a burning passion against Oklahoma, but there's, you hear people talk about Oklahoma, like it's their old buddy. I don't know if that, that's what I see. I'm kind of surprised to hear that. Maybe it's a generational thing because I feel like on Twitter and I know that's not the most accurate, you know, uh, representation of fan bases. We'll probably get into that later, but it sure seems like Nebraska fans are looking forward to the rekindling of the rivalry when it comes up here in a couple oh, years n- no question i mean that I, we're really excited about it no question and i can only speak for myself and husker fans if you really disagree with me come at me at husker pod go for it um i'm open to the discussion i just think that uh that that rivalry had really not been what it was for quite some time and uh and they were definitely wedded to texas They're, and you know as a husker any husker fan will tell you that oklahoma chose not to keep that uh, rivalry game going every year when they joined the bit would join the Big 12. They said, "Well, you know, we got Oklahoma State, Bedlam, we've got Red River rivalry. We don't, we don't need to play Nebraska every year." And so that was the beginning again. In my- uh, it's uh, Red River shootout. Oh, whatever. <laughs> you may know it as the rivalry. It yeah. will always be the shootout to me. Gotcha. Just, just kidding. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah, um, a lot of animosity towards Texas of kind of like driving a wedge and the old Southwestern conference coming in and breaking up the big 12. I say breaking up, breaking up the big eight, forming the big 12 um, and really setting the stage for bitterness. And I, I remember also in that time uh, coming back to the joining the big 10, just, I had not been impressed with big 10 football for a long time. Um, And so we were real confident coming in. And I think arguably it was an inferior conference then and to now, I think it's a much better conference top to bottom now and uh, I'm not just saying that because we've been terrible for the last few years, but uh, that certainly helps me come to that opinion. Um, well, I think it's fair to say that the Big Ten has come a long way in the last few years. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Bo, poor Bo. I mean, he'd figured out how to cover spread defenses. He had it – or uh, spread offenses. He had, he had uh, a great model, and it worked really well. Um, and then we and Dominican Sue helps with that. And Dominican Sue helps with that, but I mean, even without Sue, we had he kind of had um, he called it the peso, this hybrid position um, that he was really able to shut things down. And then we transition to the Big Ten, and it's a totally different style of football. And he just didn't he just didn't adapt. And you know, so I can, I can't so say can how I, hard he tried. I don't have any personal insight, but he just wasn't able to adapt. So if I could play devil's advocate, because go for it. I've been a Big Ten fan my entire life. Um, I would have played Big Ten football during the time that you called the Big Ten not so good. Uh, My brother played in the Big Ten at the time. Um, There are styles make the fights with, you know, boxing, right? And nobody's going to contend that the Big Ten style wasn't different from the Big 8, Big 12. 
but that is the difference in it is what makes it so difficult to win the conference because it always was such a big and physical conference throughout the year. Yeah. That in and of itself makes it hard to win. Now, is it, was it always aesthetically pleasing as much? No, I, I think I'm, you know, honest enough in the assessment to say that, but both can be true at the same time. I, I understand it wasn't aesthetically pleasing, it was also a very tough conference all sure, along. Sure, sure. And, you know, don't don't take my observations from the outside 15 years ago as, you know, meaning anything. I, I was definitely under-informed on it as to Big Ten football. Didn't follow it at all. If you had told me, if you'd have told me in, you know, 20, or 1999 or 2005 or whatever that in March 6, 2020, I was going to be talking to the Eyes on Big podcast about the last decade of Nebraska football in the Big Ten. I've been pretty flabbergasted. And uh, so this, it, we were, I would say we as a fan base, uh, pretty ignorant about what's going on in the, in the Big Ten, but I do think the Big Ten has come a long way. So, Justin, I have a question for you. In your perfect world, yeah, if you could go back to any situation, would you go back to the Big 12, the Big 8, or would you prefer – the current setting for Nebraska right now in the Big Ten. I, I won't be offended by your answer. And I and I think just to add to it, I think you gotta bring in current day finances into that equation. Right. I I'll tell you Okay, I, that's a good point. I, with big yeah. let's let's throw Big Ten money in there. If you had your perfect world, what would you want? So I'm gonna dodge a little bit and just say I think most Husker fans would I don't know. I don't care. I just want to win. <laughs> I'm just so tired of being bad. Um, Good answer. That's, that's, you know, if we are winning in the Big Ten where I've been, you know, fo- closely following and podcast for 10 years and podcasting about for five, I mean, I'd, I'd really like to win where we're at right now. Um, I know, you know, I saw what domination in the Big Eight looked like and, and watched the Big 12, and there's a lot of acrimony there. I don't know if I'd necessarily prefer to go back to the Big 12. I, I don't know. Um, so I just I just want to win. I, Husker fans. Just so that win. that's probably as good a time as any to kind of transition to current time. So Scott Frost obviously was the coach that I knew Nebraska fans wanted to get hired months and months, if not a full calendar year or two before he actually got hired. Um, he got hired, and now we are 24 games, just over two years into the tenure. I'll just stop right there. Give me your thoughts on the first two years of the Scott Frost era. Oh yeah, I mean, I think we're all disappointed. I think nobody nobody saw this coming. Scott didn't certainly didn't see this coming. Um, I think it's been hard. I think talk about transition into the Big Ten. I think it's been it's been harder than he anticipated. I think it's people are tired of of Riley being a scapegoat. I don't know that you can really scapegoat Riley much at all anymore, other than to say his last class fell apart. And then Frost's first class was really cobbled together quickly and has subsequently fallen apart. So you kind of have a couple lost classes in there. And I think we're, we're seeing that impact now. Um, I think we are, I, I, I like to talk in, in terms of we as the fan base, I think we're vested for the long term here. Um, it's really frustrating, but Scott has a blueprint um, that is a merge of everything he learned from his time 
with Osborne and you know all his subsequent NFL experience, both playing defense and working with amazing coaches, and then um, working with Chip Kelly and, and getting all the ideas he did uh, from from that style of offense and play. And he's he's got a plan, and he's got all the time in the world to make that plan happen. Because um, you know, if it doesn't work it out with Scott, Scott was kind of like the the golden parachute. Like, oh, if we get Scott Frost, everything will be okay. And at this point, it's like if it doesn't work out with Scott, like there's no obvious uh, silver bullet to mix metaphors. So, Justin, I'm a firm believer that coaches mostly deserve five years, bare minimum four, but but mostly five. Um, so I I agree with you. You should be in for the long term. I I don't think that. The first two years should should you know be a total indictment on Scott Frost. But let's look long term. What do you think Scott Frost's ceiling is at Nebraska? His ceiling? Yes, his ceiling. You know, you guys are going to be a lot more objective on this stuff than I. I don't know that I can be as. I, I feel like he's got potential to to be a a big winner here. Um, I think he's already shown that he can recruit at a high level, even with a losing team. And I think he can get dynamic athletes. Um, he's 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 a new head coach. I mean, he's four years. He's I mean, he's a little kid in people terms. Uh, his coaching career is. Um, I know. I, I think you guys have said that if you look at the last like four years, there's only one year he's had a winning season, and that's kind of the outlier. Um, he's shown the ability to develop uh, players and offenses in particular. Um, I think that he has tons of upside here in Nebraska, and as a diehard, lifelong Nebraska fan, I mean, I'm not going to say otherwise. But you know, I what do you? What's your answer to that question? Well, I mean, I don't know about the ceiling. This is Jeff talking, um, so I'll probably talk out of two sides of my mouth here on what my thoughts are, which is basically, I feel like two things can be true at the same time, which is there are. Nebraska fans that I've already seen pitch in, you know, throw the towel in. And I think that is ridiculous. Well, they're not me. Nebraska fans. And, and I, and I know that's like kind of the, the go-to explanation, but they sure seem like they're Nebraska fans by their Twitter handles and what they tweet about all the time. And they're fresh. I, my, my whole point is they, they shouldn't be thrown in the towel. Like right. I, yeah. I completely agree with you that that's ridiculous. But on the other side of it is it's, it's not it doesn't make you an anti Nebraska or even I think anti Scott Frost person as a Nebraska fan to say there are things wrong that don't look good right now that need to get fixed. Oh, um yeah. Oh yeah. So and, and I feel like there is this, you know, little bit of uh, you know, civil war going on between Nebraska fans on it's it's like you either gotta be all the way one way, get them out, or all the way the other way he's doing great. Don't, don't question him. I really think the truth is somewhere in the middle thoughts. I don't hear, I don't hear much of a get him out, uh, from where I'm at and which is spending too much time on Twitter and wanting to spend less. Um, I don't think there's a get him. There is a discontent. There's a, you know, defensive staff needs to change. Um, I, I think that, uh, transparency on injuries stuff would be helpful. I mean, this last year was just, a disaster in terms of uh, the kicking Mostly game. Mostly wrapped around Adrian Martinez. And, well, and... The, I mean, we had like six kickers, and we just heard this last week that 
Barrett Pickering, who was the presumptive starter coming into the last season, has retired from football because of whatever injury he had just was preventing him from continuing. And so we had six guys attempt field goals, and we lost a number of one-score games. And we just never knew what was going on. But Adrian Martinez is, of course, the big one. What Something was wrong. We don't know what. Um, I think it would benefit everyone to just be a little more transparent on that. Um, yeah, I mean, Scott, Scott's got to grow. Uh, so, uh, beat reporter here in Nebraska was asking uh, recently, uh, we've got uh, coach availability coming up. What do you want to know? And my thing is, like, what are you doing? What are you going to do differently? You've got two years, and you've tried some things. How are you evolving? What's, what's going to happen? Um, and we're going to give him the time to figure it out. Bill Moose, athletic director, just said it's <laughs> both Hoiberg and Frost, it's going to be two more years before we're there. So uh, that yeah. kind of tells you he's, he's not super optimistic about this coming season. Um, um, and I guess, you know, again, we're, we're having a discussion, right? I don't, I don't want this to turn into – too much confrontation. I want it to be fun. Uh, but I actually agree that it with the direction it seems like uh, Frost is taking with the program, which is he is batting down the hatches and closing off the info. Um, I know that is a, a really tough pill to swallow for Nebraska fans and the, the, you know, a ton of Nebraska beat writers. But if you look around most programs, it's shut it's it's shut down like it, you know you don't get much out of wisconsin and right michigan and alabama you know like i don't mean to put all those teams in the same i my whole hey even the illinois they, they lovey does not talk about injuries that's true. yeah no i mean so, that's 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 totally fair and i know i know that's asking an awful lot i just think as i think about adrian in particular i just think psychologically for the gosh he might even still be 19 if not 20 year old kid um, to the weight of all these people on his shoulders, if there was something wrong, like, and I could, we could collectively cut him some slack. I think that'd be nice. So, um, moving to something more current, <laughs> okay. uh, redirect. Uh, well. no, just, I, I'm just, I'm curious. What is your take on the JD Spielman situation right now? I don't know. I jury's out. I, I don't know. I, I, he's still enrolled in classes. Um, he's never been a public face. Um, uh, always been a mysterious guy. Um, yeah, I sure hope he comes back. I, I'm, I'm assuming he'll come back um, until I see otherwise. But there, uh, our, our listeners in Minnesota have been uh, in, in touch with us saying all these rumors for, you know, ever since the season ended that he was gone, that he was going to, gonna, he was going to be a gopher and he's, uh, he's going to leave. So, I mean, that just kind of re, re-aggravated those rumors. Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it on the previous podcast. I mean, for me, the chances of J.D. Spielman coming back to Nebraska are very low. And, in fact, it is my personal opinion that he's just done with the sport in general. And I think a lot of it has to go back to the enigma wrapped in a riddle that he's always been. I mean, mm-hmm. even before yeah. you started hearing these um, um, rumors. But – I guess this is, you know, it again, I'm not, I, I'm trying not to, I don't want to re-listen to this podcast and make, and sound like I'm trying to attack you, but we're just trying to hit I don't, a I don't lot feel of the, attacked. Don't, okay. Don't I, I, I just, you know, there's a lot of topical stuff, but yeah, like, no, that's okay. Don't worry about the it. The JD Spielman, um, the lack of preparedness for special teams, um, 
obviously the Mo Washington thing started last summer. Uh, hooded sweatshirt gate, <laughs> you know, like a lot of, and I think that does, you know, it plays into what you're saying, which is Scott Frost is a new coach. Um, a new coach. Yeah. Hopefully this doesn't bridge into the next topic too much, but like, I remember having a debate with a <laughs> debate. It's not really a debate on, on Twitter. You're, you you scream at each other through a keyboard, but um, I remember just telling a Nebraska fan two years ago, uh, slow your roll here a little bit. Like, I don't think, Scott Frost is just going to come in and dominate the Big Ten West. That was the prevailing thought yeah. oh, right yeah. after he got – okay, so I, I guess I'll just stop right there because, again, I don't want to get too accusational here, but it's it's it hasn't looked like, you know, what Nebraska fans have thought it would look like. Agreed. No, I think I think that he's, he's made some changes. Um, the worst two – uh, elements of the team last year were the kicking game, as Tom Osborne always called it. Uh, the guy who was in charge of that, who was battling cancer yep. Uh, yep. last season, is gone. Uh, we have now a special teams uh, specialist, which I'm really curious to what that means um, as far as like who can he interact with, when can he interact with them, players, coaches, how does that work? Um, and then uh, we our offensive coordinator, which is a weird position to be in when Scott it's Scott's offense. But uh, the, the red zone offense was abysmal. And um, we, you just had to have an explosive play that went into the end zone. And we had a lot of explosive plays, pretty, actually pretty high nationally, but they didn't get into the end zone. Um, so uh, just that, those were big problems. Our offensive coordinator has been replaced with a guy that Frost had some great familiarity with this, from his time at Oregon. So there's been some changes that have been made. Um, he's super loyal, so I was afraid that he wouldn't do that and was actually surprised that he did it when he did it. Um, so, you know, we're going to be optimistic. It's actually kind of funny right now uh, in social media. There is this unreal backlash to anything positive about the team uh, because it's. I think it's a reaction to the last two years where we've been so positive, and it's not just been local uh, fans and media. It's been national media talking about, you know, Nebraska's a dark horse to be in the college football playoff and all this stuff. They're going to win the West. You know, we didn't pick ourselves to win the West. The Big Ten media picked us to win the West. Um so there's this backlash where if you, like, say a positive thing, you're almost like, blackball, like, stop that. How dare you? Um, so, so Justin, I'm glad you brought that up because I agree with you. A lot of that, that positivity came from the national media that just assumed that Nebraska was just going to raise up to these high heights immediately. So d- is there, like, resentment amongst Nebraska fans towards that, that sentiment? Towards the – I think we just don't like to be embarrassed. I think we're, it's a, we're a proud people. And uh, sure. we got real hyped up last year. And, it, you know, I think we uh, we probably should have had a better season than we did. And you look at the, the two mysterious injuries we talked about, you, you, get, you make one of those better, and, and it's a better season. You make both of them better, it's an infinitely better season. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, everybody's just really embarrassed. And it's just very personal. Uh, it's, what happens with this team is very personal. And it's like that for every fan base where you've got people who take it all so seriously. But this is, I mean, our, our state identity is really – wrapped around the university and the the football team in a really unique way. Um, so, you know, I, I you hear that and I, like maybe this is true in every other state, but like church attendance is down 30% after a loss, things like that, like, you know, the next day, things like that. It's just very tied to the culture. It's the front page story of the newspaper, no matter what happens, like any day of the week. Um, so I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I'm Jeff, right? I'm the, 
I'm the Iowa guy. I agree that the the hype started nationally. Um, the one thing I would say is Nebraska fans are they're readily available to get swept up by it. I think it takes two th- yeah. two to tango oh, sure. with that. Um, sure. Here's a like, and I'm kind of going back a little bit now. We, we're unpacking a lot of fun stuff here. Um, I want to give as long as you think Nebraska- it's fun, let's keep rolling. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I want to give Nebraska fans credit on one thing. When you were talking about the short yardage and and red zone goal line offenses, um, Nebraska fans had been calling for Dedrick Mills to get the ball more often and bang and mm-hmm. get the offense mm-hmm. into more manageable downs, give him the ball in short yardage goal line, not so many swing passes, you know, uh, on the outside or, you if know, you wide receivers. It, don't run it. Well, and, and it's like Nebraska fans were correct is what yeah. I want to say. They yeah. were correct from basically late September through October. And then Frost started doing it a little bit more towards the end of the year. And it, and it worked. I, I found that intriguing. I don't, I just wanted to at least yeah. add that right no, there. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much of that was Diedrich just needed time to adapt to, Big Ten football, if the offensive line was still coming along or if it was uh, Frost not trusting the offense to have the ability to do it, you know, incorrectly. I, I don't know what it was, but it was nice to see an adjustment <laughs> happen eventually. Justin, this is Kurt. Uh, let's talk about some real positive stuff now. Okay. Recruiting from October to signing day, the early signing period, what Scott Frost did to me was absolutely stunning. It was amazing. Um, you know, especially first, you know, when you come in the first year, you know, you're selling hope the, 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 after the first year, even if it's not good, you're still selling hope after that second year, the hopes kind of, you know, is, is kind of bleeding away what he did after two years that, that, that were, you know, I th- it, even by Nebraska standards, I think you'd, you'd say less than you'd hoped was just absolutely amazing. So d- d- tell me how, how did he how did he wrap up that recruiting class so well? You know, I think he just was really confident in his pitch and his style and the relationships he'd built. Um, and I, th- I think he said that they were betting on themselves. I think that I think I'm not making that up. Um, so there, you know, there was risk coming into the end uh, there, but they had laid a lot of groundwork. They they're looking everywhere. There's no rock unturned and, uh, just we're dogged to the finish. And, um, yeah, it's the, this is the first time, uh, to have a Nebraska coach get three top 25 recruiting classes consecutively, the same coach get consecutively, um, since, you know, these recruiting rankings have been so popular. So yeah, it was, it was an impressive haul and a great close. And, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm still plenty hopeful. I, we, as bad as last year was, we had a ton of offensive and def- defensive line talent redshirting. Um, I don't think they thought it was going to be so rough last year, and that's why they saved him up. That's a theory. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been recruiting well. It's, uh, it, it's one of the reasons we're all so hopeful. So use the word risk, which I think is appropriate. I believe, like, mid-October, Nebraska only had maybe six or eight commits yeah. yeah we were sweating and it i i don't blame you and i really thought it was going to be a, a horrible class for nebraska after the way they finished and i couldn't have been more wrong 
I, I can't stress this enough. I was so impressed with the way he finished that class out. It's it's something I've that rarely rarely happens in recruiting. So oh, it's, it's great perspective. Yeah, that's really good perspective for Nebraska fans to hear. That's that's one of the great things about talking to you guys and just listening to your podcast is it's so helpful to get outside the Husker bubble. Like I was saying, I mean, I think we have incredible writers here um, covering the sport. Um, but uh, yeah, just the unvarnished. Um, opinion of someone who isn't going to risk losing a bunch of subscriptions if you say something people don't like is helpful. Yeah, and I know me and you talked a little bit yesterday just to, you know, kind of set the table a little bit or, or whatever, and uh, I, I had told you that one of the best compliments we've got from anybody but uh, from Nebraska fans on the podcast is when they say it's nice to hear somebody talk about Nebraska, but it's not, you know, inside the echo chamber, and hopefully we pick out pick up more you know nebraska listeners because of it because it's no yeah if husker fans if you're listening you definitely check keep these guys uh in your in your feed um it's definitely worth it um i i personally love to listen to the podcast associated with other teams um and it's kind of narcissistic i want to hear what they're saying about the huskers uh but i also want to know to the to that point but i also want to know about the other teams so uh one-stop shop eyes on big Well, uh, after all those glowing terms, perfect timing to uh, go ahead and get into the fisticuffs version of the podcast. Right? Here we go. Um, and I'm jo- I'm being facetious with that, but um, you know, I'm just kind of writing notes down. So one thing I want to say is, um, and again, this is reiterating something that Justin and I kind of talked about. But typically, when you listen to definitely sports talk radio, and for the most part, any national podcast they are going to do their best to not show their true colors as in they, they don't want to admit that they're sec fans, even though Mm. we know they are, you know, or maybe there's a specific team that they um, cheer for. They can't do that because half of them went to Northwestern or Missouri. It feels like, (laughs) Hey, uh, Justin. Yeah. You're my boy. I I love that you brought that up. Okay. You know you're talking to an Illinois. My two most hated programs. Oh, okay. And, and those are those are the two most common uh, d- uh, journalistic uh, programs that, yeah. that, that put people in the media. I, I may have been pandering earlier, but I wasn't pandering there. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, perfect example right there, right? Um, well, the good thing is for our podcast, we've never hid the fact that Kurt's an Illinois fan and I'm an Iowa fan. Now, we try to give – our honest take on the situation, but we, we, he's cheering for Illinois every time they take the field on Saturday and, sure. and me for Iowa. So like, we're not hiding that. Um, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not hiding the fact that there has certainly been some animosity in the background for me towards Nebraska fans. It's, it's, it's old and, and ingrained. Um, one of, the things that I wrote down here is, and, and this is something I'm just kind of in my notes, but, you know, talking about the expectations, it's something that I feel like I've seen change just this past, you know, three months or so, um, where even going in, you know, going into Frost first year, going into Frost second year, the, the thought process was 10 and two at the, at the least. And Iowa fans, I think it's safe to say other fans of the Big Ten West have, you know, kind of rolled their eyes at that. And um, I think what I'm hearing now is 
Nebraska fans are starting to actually have tempered and more realistic expectations of what the upcoming fall is going to look like. And I guess I would compare that to how Nebraska fans make fun of Iowa fans because we have expectations like that most years. Um, it, it's just hard for an Iowa fan, and I think most fan bases, to look at their schedule and say 12-0. You, you look at the schedule and you're like, wow, there are four really hard games on there. Hopefully we go 2-2. Two and two. We probably lose another game along the way that we shouldn't, so we're going to go nine and three, but hopefully two and ten and two, you know, something like that. So I guess that's my long drawn out way of saying, you know, I feel like this is shedding light on comparing Nebraska to Iowa and certainly other teams in the Big Ten West, in that we're kind of all splashing around in the same pool. Mm. Um, do you do you believe that, or are we still not quote unquote there yet with Nebraska fans? Man, that, there's like ten questions in that. Uh, there is. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, lots of stuff to talk about. Um, gosh, where to start? Um, let me let me let me say this. This is my quote. I'll probably forget to say it, but uh, one thing I have learned since doing the podcast is that Nebraska fans are special. Um, and by the word special, I mean, they are special. Like, um, Winston Churchill was a special leader and they're special. Like Benito Mussolini was a special leader. (laughs) There are two sides of the coin with that. And I'm just wondering what, where you think you stand or what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. We, we've talked about this a bit on the show. Um, we, I don't know, there's a guy on Twitter that, an Iowa fan, maybe you've interacted with him, Bizarro Max. We've talked with him a lot about this. Um, I think part of it is you just have to look. I think Nebraska fans look at their team just in a totally different way than Iowa fans do. Just talking about these two teams specifically. And Nebraska fans look at their team with this historical perspective of greatness and, and history um, you know, I'll just talk here for a while. You can tell me how I'm wrong in a second. I'm sure. Yep. Um, but it's it's been it's been tempered. How can it not be? Um, but it's it's and it's been a, a very painful process to have that tempered. But I mean, so when I was in junior high, I got I think for my birthday I asked for a VHS copy of the 1971 Game of the Century. I mean, that's just kind of growing up as a Husker fan. That's part of my history, part of what you care about. I mean, the frequently you'll have the Heisman winners doing public appearances. I mean, if you are a Husker player, you have an incredible cachet in the state that when you leave, like nobody cares um, unless, you know, yeah, nobody cares. You come back and, and that means something. And um, I guess it's our observation that we don't, I don't think Nebraska fans want to get to the point where they're okay with being desiring a 10 and two season or eight and four season. I'll say that Um, though. That's probably a big hope for this season. Um, And and if I could just jump in real quick. um, So I, I feel like one thing I want to say is, you know, there are Jack wagon 
Iowa fans on Twitter that, you know, any fan base, right. That, that we, we got them. And so I don't, you know, I just want to make sure I say that for sure. Um, there are two things that can be true at the same time, which is I know and any Iowa fan that can read factual information <laughs> knows that Nebraska's history exceeds Iowa's far exceeds Iowa's. We know that. I mean, that's, that's factual. It's no different than comparing, well, I don't know if this is the perfect comparison, but comparing Iowa history to Iowa State history for football. Like, we know which one's better than the other. But then the debate, I think, comes in with, but how about now, you know? And then how far back do you have to go before the amazing history of Nebraska starts getting washed away a little bit and and not gone. I, I don't mean it like that, but in the eyes of recruits and just the overall level of the program compared to other programs in the country. Yeah. I mean, we're getting on a lot of years yeah. here. Well, real talk here. I don't think Nebraska fans lean on history so much if they're winning now. Interesting. If we are – yeah, if we're stomping Iowa, we're not going to be pointing back. <laughs> you know, you kind of yeah. go with what you got. And um, uh, for many a, a frustrated Husker fan who has an Iowa fan coming at them, and they're like, "Dang it, they're right." Well, but we got more wins, or something. You know, it's yeah, it, right. and, and it's just it's. I think social media makes this all worse because definitely. I really think that Eastern Nebraska culturally has so much in common with Iowa that it's kind of almost like a sibling rivalry. I mean, I grew up in Omaha, which. We often call it River City at Council Tucky, Council Bluffs across the river there. It's, you can uh, call it Council Tucky. Okay, Council it's, Tucky. That's fine. Yeah, yeah we can, I call it Council I Tucky. I mean, <laughs> there's so much intermingling of people there. My mom is an Iwegian. My co-host's mother is from Iowa. Um, you know, I spend half my holidays in Iowa. So, I mean, we have a lot in common. I think that's what makes it a little bit more divisive. And I'll tell you... I grew going back to my comment about Oklahoma earlier. I grew up with a terrible Oklahoma. I personally have more animosity towards Iowa as a team than I do Oklahoma at this point in my life. So I, I'm listening to you guys go back and forth about Iowa, Nebraska, and I keep going back to a metaphor that Jeff made a few minutes ago about splashing around in the same pool. And I can't help but think that uh, Illinois is in the shallow end and Iowa and Nebraska are the deep end. Mm. Hmm. I mean, to me, the pool sloshes around and changes, right? Is it, is it a wave pool? It could be a wave pool. I just meant that as a joke. <laughs> right. But honestly, it's a, let's run with that analogy because I think it's good. But, like, that's kind of the whole – that's kind of the point I'm getting at. Like, like I feel like sometimes – and this is what we're trying to do here is, you know, when two Nebra- uh, Nebraska and Iowa fan are going at each other on Twitter, you know, it's it's pointless, right? Um, and and – um, like if you sit down and actually try to get on the same page with stuff, I think again, most Iowa fans would say, dude, you know, we know that your, your history is, is amazing. Like we, you can't discount that. Um, and then I think what I hear a lot from Nebraska fans is, you know, congratulations, you've beaten us and you're better than us um, at the worst of our, you know, history. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but like, I'm glad you said it before I did. Well, no, but it's, I, I, it's, 
again, we're talking about facts here. Obviously, Nebraska is as down as it's ever been. I, I can't look at their, their win-loss history and not see that. But the other side of it to look at is to go back. So we're really kind of looking at the last five years. The last five years, Iowa's won 47 five. games. Yeah, well, five and, in a row over Nebraska. Yeah, so, five, so over the last five years, Iowa's won 47 games, Nebraska's won 28, and Iowa's won all five head-to-head. And we've podcasted them all. Yep, and so that's a thing. But to me, another thing to look at is the last 10 years and the last 20 years. Because and I now we're getting outside of when Iowa and Nebraska even played, but the last ten years, Nebraska's won eighty-one games to Iowa's seventy-five. Because if you go back the the five years before that, Iowa was in a lull and Nebraska was steadier under Pelini. Then you go back twenty years and Iowa's got one hundred and sixty-one wins and Nebraska's got one hundred and fifty-nine. Hmm. Like that's. Dang near dead even. That's about as dead even as you can get. My point I'm trying to make here is we're going on 20 years now where they're very similar. And I guess I kind of go back to the previous question. Like, how much longer does it have to get until there's some people, you know, in GBR world that admit these programs are pretty close to being on the same level? I would guess that you're not going to hear that until we beat Iowa. And then everybody's like, well, yeah, you know, they're actually pretty good. <laughs> I think it's just, pr- it's just pride. Um, I yeah. think one of the biggest disservices done to the uh, Nebraska perspective perception of Iowa is that we played you guys um, when we were a year, you know, in the midst of a leading up to a national championship run a couple years later. And that was like, what, uh, the first year for Kirk? Um, yeah, I was on that. I was on that football team. And ironically, it birthed my hatred for Nebraska. <laughs> okay. Not because of the game, but because of an altercation with a Nebraska fan. Oh, well, I'm actually and I Did really I say sorry. hatred just now? Yeah. I did not mean to say hatred. I Animosity. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, that sucks. I, I'm sorry that that happened to you, genuinely. Um, but I do think that, you know, if those two games – was it two? Was it a back-to-back? I, all yeah, I can was, think of is Crouch smashing the defensive back. That's all I think of. Um, yeah. If if we take that memory out, if that never happened, I think that there might be a really different relationship here. That's See, a theory, and, and that's a theory that, I and, came up with on the spot, by the way. Yeah, no, I know. But the thing is, is I've heard that before. But we are comparing two football teams from <laughs> like 20 years ago. I'm just ago, saying first you know? impressions stick around for a long time. That's all I'm saying. 20 years stick around? That's, that's, that's a what, long time. That's, well, yeah, that's yeah. First impression, first impression. Obviously, it's not. I'm just dwelling the fact that Greek didn't mention how many wins Illinois has in the last 20 years. Sorry, I, I, I we were doing more of a Illinois versus Iowa thing, but um, or I, Iowa yeah, versus okay. Nebraska thing, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know I hear what you're what you're saying with that, and it it actually kind of like ties into another thing that's been, it was discussed on either your second to last or last podcast where Nebraska fans are saying, you know, I will only beat Nebraska by three points last year. We're not that far away from Iowa. Um, I agree that that day Nebraska and Iowa were obviously only three points apart, you know, it was until a last second field goal, but that was a Nebraska team at home 
fighting to get to six wins and get to a bowl game. Iowa was already pretty much in the um, uh, Holiday Bowl at that point. So it, it's a it's a data point, but the other data point is just overall wins in the year and who played a tougher schedule. I mean, Iowa wound up with nine regular season wins compared to Nebraska. So to me, Iowa isn't three points wasn't three points better than Nebraska last year. They were four wins better than Nebraska, and I've tried to articulate that point on Twitter. It seems to go over like a pregnant pole vault there, uh, when I try to when I try to do it. But, you know, I, I guess I'll stop right there. Thoughts on that? I, I don't have anything. I mean, yes. Okay. I don't know. I, I, again, I mean, these I, what, are the I, things would, like in – a, In an ideal argument or discussion, what, how, would, how would I respond? I'm genuinely curious, like, what you hope to hear from with that. I think generally speaking – what Iowa fans want to hear is just realism. Well, I mean, you just... guys had a better team and a better season, and we wish we were last year as good as you guys were. I mean, is that what you want to hear? I mean, because that's true. I think sometimes, yeah. I mean, I think, I think Husker it's, fans I... don't want to admit it, but it's true. Okay, and that's I think that's it. I think you just said it. You just said it, Justin. I mean, that's that's where and like, thank you for losing me all no... my listeners. No, I mean, <laughs> but but there's no like right now. Is there any leg to stand on for an Iowa fan to say that they're better than Wisconsin? No, we can't. It's well, I know. Just, it's, it's Iowa real. likes to talk about all the streaks they've got going, but they always leave out that one. Yes, of course we do, because it's it's that's it's an inconvenient thing. truth. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, football, politics, it's all the same. Nobody just nobody wants to admit their weaknesses and only wants to talk about strengths. And when your only strengths are 20, 50 you know, years ago, that's what you're going to talk about. So yeah, For I sure. think I think that Iowa gets a lot more. This is just yeah speculation, but I think that there's more respect for Iowa when we finally get over the hump and, and beat them. I mean, five years—that's a lot. That's now awful. that is, if there's anything I'll take away from this podcast, that is interesting. It's so, a thesis. It's a thesis. We'll see. It is a thesis. It is a thesis. When and 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 I'll say this: I have heard other Nebraska fans say, because I guess I'll well let me ask you this: I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. Is Iowa Nebraska a rivalry? Yeah, of course. Okay, All of right. course. I, but you, I mean, you know that there's a large oh, yeah. section of Nebraska fans. Uh, that if I'm on Twitter to... right now, I don't know if I say that because I don't know that it's going to be reacted to very well. But I mean, there's no question. Um, okay. I mean, the animosity. I will say that playing Colorado again this year actually helped me appreciate Iowa um, and reminded me that we actually have a lot more in common with y'all as a as a culture um, because we're not throwing batteries in urine oh just you. oh it i tell you what that brought out the worst in me personally the worst in us as a fan base just nasty <laughs> and there's yeah. great people out there you know whatever but um that reviving that i don't even want to call it a rival they wanted to call it a rivalry so this is a thing nebraska has with people with teams um but that was one where they did circle and said this is going to be our rival that actually happened um and it was as we lost Oklahoma, so there's mixed emotions there. But I, as that happened, I was like, you know what? Uh, Iowa fans, as frustrated as they can be, they don't make me feel like this. Uh, we have a lot in common here. We don't have mountains. We can't go skiing on the weekends. Um, you know, and and Colorado, people are, Colorado people are weird. Yeah, well, that too. Um, and to keep on with the positivity to you know wrap up the interview, um, 
after Hayden Fry died, you know, um, that was hard for Iowa fans. It certainly was for me. I mean, he gave me my scholarship offer, my brothers too. And I thought Nebraska fans would be, I don't know, bad. I don't know, the bad, bad word to describe about it. They weren't. They tons of Nebraska fans reached out to me through Twitter and I barely saw anything of it on Twitter. As far as negativity, they, they were all cool, which is, you know, again, like Nebraska people, like I told you when we talked yesterday, my, a, a chunk of my wife's family is from Nebraska. Nebraska people are good people, <laughs> you know? Um, there's no denying that very educated, uh, grounded people, um, it just gets into the, you know, two sides of the coin thing because some of those people can still, they can flip over when it comes to, you know, uh, college football Saturdays in, in the fall. And that's, that is the fun of what is the Nebraska football fan experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's how people responded. I wouldn't expect anything less. That's how we want to be known as fans. And I, I can't help but think about of this conversation we're having, like what percentage of, of any negativity revolves around the fact that people communicate so much through social media? Like if that was not the case, um, how I think that's a huge part of it. How things might be different. Yeah. Uh, one last question I have for you, Justin. Yeah. Uh, expectations for this upcoming, upcoming season. I know it's kind of early. Do you have a prediction for the season or just a general uh, outlook on the season? Uh, it's it's a tough it's a tough looking season. Um, we'll I we'll withhold any kind of predictions until we do systematically work our way through uh, talking to beat reporters from from each of those teams to really get a feel for what they're they're expecting. Um, but I think the that Nebraskans' desire to not hear positivity about this team stems from just how intimidating the schedule is. Um, it's, it's going to be really tough, and uh, I think there's going to be a lot of growth for this team, and I think you might only have one or two game improvement, um, and, and Husker fans are going to have to cope with that. Um, and but- I, know a lot of, I know a lot with the schedule is the last five games because um, they're, they're tough. I mean, they're, I mean, anybody that looks at the schedule and doesn't recognize that those last five games are tough is, you know, an idiot, and they're not looking at the same schedule I'm looking at. The other thing, too – as much as I'll be excited to watch Nebraska Purdue that first week, I don't think I don't think the Big Ten should do that to Purdue and Nebraska. I, I just I'm not a big fan of that. I don't know if you have any quick thoughts on that specific game on week. You're not one. a big fan of uh, of conference openers or of just these two teams in particular, or just like, do you like playing a Big Ten game week one like that? No, I don't. I mean, yeah. I I think yeah. you want you want to have those first three out of conference games to test some things out before you get into the meat of it. And, you know, for whichever team loses, you're it's like you're starting this whole season in a hole. Um, and the last five games are really tough, but you even look at uh, the out-of-conference games, and, and these are not unsuccessful teams in the last season um, with Central Michigan, Cincinnati, and South Dakota State. I mean, lowly South Dakota State, last time they came to Nebraska, I had some friends with me from out of state, actually from Illinois, and it was way too close, and I was so stressed out. And my buddy's wife was like, "Why are you unhappy? You're winning." I'm like, "It's 24 to 17 over South Dakota State." <laughs> <laughs> I know that feel, bro. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's we a scary actually schedule. talked. We actually talked about that on the scheduling podcast that we did before it, where I, we said, 
the worst type of game that you can get from, you know, any team standpoint. And in this case, Nebraska standpoint is like that Cincinnati game where you're basically in a lose kind of win situation. Mm-hmm. You win the game, eh, you know, but yeah, you so lose. You're it, supposed it, to do it. Yep. It's, it's no fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. Um, uh, would love to have you guys on our show later this spring to help us Absolutely. preview the, the full season, especially of course the, the conference games. Um, but yeah, I mean that, the, that gauntlet at the end of um, at Ohio state hosting Penn state at Iowa at Wisconsin hosting Minnesota. Um, it's going to be tough. That's why we do not allow anybody slandering any Big Ten team saying they have a quote-unquote easy schedule. There's no such thing when you're playing in the Big Ten. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no cream puff right before our final game. It's not the SEC. <laughs> nice, eh? See, yeah, this yeah. is what all Big Ten fans can get on the same page, just taking a shot at the dirty SEC. So easy, so fun. We are kin, Justin. <laughs> we are, we are. I, I really don't want to go back to the big 12 and the big eight i'm happy where where we're at this is where my most of my adult life has been as as a fan and uh i haven't been to many of these stadiums just because uh i don't know i was starting my career and having kids and stuff um i really hope to get some more i think actually having iowa off of the holiday weekend might give me a shot to get to that game it's we we pick where we go for thanksgiving based on where the nebraska game is that year if it's here we're here and if it's away we go to my wife's family well i'll be my family's got a tailgate that we've had for years i'll formally invite you to my family's tailgate for the iowa nebraska game uh i'd be delighted it's next october so that's good man we got anything else here yeah and i hope i'll uh, reciprocate that justin you know if you want to be one of the 15 fans in the stands at memorial stadium in champaign sometime I will join you. We'll, we'll be number 16 and 17. I would love to do that as well. I went to college in in, uh, in Chicago, and um, my wife's from Chicago, so we get back to Illinois all the time, and I've driven around Illinois' Memorial Stadium, but I've not been in it. I'd love to, I'd love to be in there. I have a memory of, uh, I think it was Riley's first season. I was at a wedding during the game at Illinois where it was that rainstorm, and Geronimo Allison caught the touchdown at the very end, and I was just like, scrolling on Twitter and getting ready to like talk to it was a college wedding getting ready to talk to like professors and friends and be like just 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 a sec we gotta we gotta just just finish this game what 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 yeah that was, that was 2015 2015 yeah right yeah. all right man that was good talk you you want to add anything else uh uh check us out uh follow us at husker pod we are the husker football fan podcast uh, DBA Husker Pod, I guess. Um, love to hear from uh, any of your listeners if you uh, have agreements or disagreements. And uh, yeah, this has been fun, guys. Thanks for for having me on. Absolutely, total blast. Um, so I am Jeffrey the Greek, and I am Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>